Right. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. As we continue our Bible study tonight on the New Year and the Holy Spirit by Andrew Womack. And we are now in the second half of the book uh, on the, the, the Holy Spirit. And we'll be in chapter 8 tonight. If you're following with us, following with us in your book about empowered lives. And so, uh, again, if you uh, uh, like to, all of our Bible study uh, previous sessions have been archived on our, our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, all of our messages are archived there. Uh, you can also support the, our ministry so we can continue the, 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 the live stream these messages at uh, lighthousediscipleship.org, our, our website. Uh, again, starting this Sunday, I'm going to be ta- starting a new TV, uh, new teaching series. <laughs> Not TV, but I guess you can call internet TV almost now. But anyway, uh, it just, uh, um, excuse me, I lost my train of thought. New series. Uh, a new t- series to talk about knowing the Holy Spirit will be starting this Sunday. I'm, I'm excited about that. I didn't necessarily plan for these two uh, teachings uh, to go side by side on the Holy Spirit, but they, 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 they are, and so uh, they're going to be from two different perspectives, uh, per se, but uh, uh, anyway, so uh, if you have your books, have your Bibles, uh, we're going to get ready to start here with the, uh, talk about the Holy Spirit tonight, and so uh, again, this title of this chapter is uh, Empowered Lives, there's an empowerment that comes with the Holy Spirit, we're going to be talking about that tonight. So the title of this section that we're going to be reading within this chapter is Like a Dove. And so that's where we're going to be picking it up tonight. So Sherry's going to read, she's going to narrate for us, and then we'll talk about it. Jesus himself did not manifest the power of God until he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Angels pronounced him Lord at his birth, but nothing that typified Christ's ministry Preaching, healing, casting out demons occurred before the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew three sixteen and 17. The baptism in the Holy Spirit served as the turning point from natural to supernatural in Christ's life. Jesus immediately began his ministry after being anointed with the (coughs) Holy Spirit. The Spirit led him into the wilderness to confront the devil, Luke 4, 1-13. He emerged victorious and then boldly declared in the synagogue of his hometown, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke 4, 18 and 19. From this point forward, Jesus did what he was anointed to do. Many times the Lord admitted his total dependence upon the Father and the Spirit. He did his Father's will as the power of the Holy Spirit flowed in and through him. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit always worked together in complete cooperation. As a part of this interdependent, triune Godhead, Jesus would not and could not do any miracles until the Holy Spirit had come upon him. God never does anything independently of His Spirit. Therefore, welcoming the Holy Spirit into your life is absolutely essential for you to experience the victory and abundance God has provided. If the sinless Son of God has to be baptized in the Holy Spirit before beginning His ministry, how can anyone presume to be an effective Christian without it? Okay. Thank you, Jerry. Um... Again, you know, let me just emphasize this. You don't have to have the Holy Spirit to become born again. Or you don't have, let me rephrase that. You don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be born again. We'll be talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That will be the next chapter. We'll get into that a little bit more in depth. 
But if you're going to have an effective Christian life, if you're going to have an effective ministry, then you, then you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking about, again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, in, 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 uh, uh, you know, I don't know how far we'll get into this, this week. But, you know, if we're going to be effective. The Bible says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that we're all able ministers. Now, we're not all pastors. We're not all prophets. We're not all apostles. I know I'm not doing these in order. Uh, we're, not, we're not all teachers. We're not all, uh, uh, I missed one, evangelists or missionary. Um, but, you know, but we are all, all ministers. A minister in the simplest form is a servant. But we all minister. And we're all called to minister to one another. So we're all able ministers. As a pastor, I see every believer as a minister. Now, we might all be ministering in different capacities or different ways. So some people are ministering to their families. Some people are ministering to uh, their jobs and, and co-workers or whatnot. There are different ways that we can minister. But if you're going to be effective in your ministry, if you're going to be effective in your Christian life, one of the things you need is the Holy Spirit. And one thing Andrew is bringing out here in this, in this chapter, that Jesus, although he was the Son of God, didn't start his earthly ministry until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He, he, was, he, lived, he was a sinless life and all that. And, but it wasn't until that the baptism of waters of John, and then he came out and the Holy Spirit came upon him in the dove. There was two baptisms taking place there. And, uh, uh, that he, and then he, the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. He, became, he came back victorious. I'm just reiterating some things that Andrew just already touched on. And then he goes into the synagogue and he preaches from Isaiah 61 that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me and to preach the gospel. And he uh, and mentioned some things there. And then he started his ministry. Jesus didn't start preaching. He didn't start teaching. He didn't start casting out devils. He didn't start healing people till he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Andrew makes a valid point. If Jesus, the Son of God, a sinless man, didn't do his ministry without the Holy Spirit, who do we think we can presume that we could do effective ministry without the Holy Spirit? Jesus, throughout his ministry, showed and t said many times how he was dependent on the Father and how he was dependent on the Holy Spirit to do his ministry. God, and so you don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved. If you are born again, you do have the Holy Spirit. But there's an and the point that we're bringing out here at the beginning of this, this section about the Holy Spirit, there is an empowerment. That comes with the Holy Spirit. Now let me just uh, make my own little footnote about something too. The power is the gospel. The Bible, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, uh, Paul says, uh, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. To everyone who believes, to, to the Greek first and also to the Jew, for therein is the, God, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, for the just shall live by his faith. That's verse 16 and 17 of Romans chapter 1. And you know, at the same point in time, it says in Acts 1 8, and I'm sure we'll get there, but that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There, the gospel is, a, is, is the power of God. Uh, but at the same point in time, there is a power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Paul talks about that in Ephesians chapter 1 and, and whatnot. And so the same power that raised Christ from the dead empowers you to. Uh, I mean, we'll get to some other aspects of the, the Holy It's not just for ministry, but even to live a Christian life. The whole, and we'll get into some danger, and if we don't get into it in this Bible study, we will on Sunday mornings. But the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your guide. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. There's a word that's used in John, paracleto. Uh, and so that that's uh, he's your counselor. He's an advocate. And so the Holy Spirit does much more than just the gifts of the Spirit. We'll get into this, a, lot of that, a lot of those things, and they're, they're powerful things. But Jesus, didn't, the point that we're just trying to make here at the very beginning, Jesus didn't start his ministry until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He also, we'll get into <coughs> this as well, but he also told his disciples not to start their ministry until they received the Holy Spirit from on high. And so he says that in Luke chapter 24 and a couple other places as well. So anyway, um, you want to share some things?
No, I thought that was really good. I guess if I was to add just a, a thought to think about is it's not that God doesn't love you whether you are baptized in the Holy Spirit or not. He loves you anyway. Amen. But I just know I want everything God has for me, not just to get by, but to thrive and to be blessed in life. And I cannot imagine life without the Holy Spirit. It, I, it, it's, it's like, do you want to uh, live off a bowl of Cheerios all your life? Or do you want to go to the buffet and have whatever looks and smells good and just enjoy life. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit helps in so many ways, in, in practical ways, in spiritual ways. He reveals the, the, the word to you. Uh, he reveals the plan of God to you. Um, he's the comforter. I mean, in any situation you're going through, he, he brings scripture to remembrance. I mean, there's just so much, there's, there's just so much, uh, that the Holy Spirit brings to you and to be empowered with the same power that raised Jesus from the, the dead. I mean, that's, that's just incredible. Well, I know we're going to get into more some stuff. I can piggyback on some more, but uh, I know we'll get into more. There's, uh, the next section here is called Ruckus in the Temple. So let's find out what that's about. The disciples were spineless wimps before receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. These men had followed Jesus for three and a half years, observing his miracles, hearing his teaching, and experiencing everyday life with him. They exhibited weakness, immaturity, carnal-mindedness, and strife. Upon Jesus' arrest, all their promises to stay with him, to death if need be, went right out the window. They forsook him and fled for their lives in terror. Peter denied Jesus three different times, just hours after pledging his undying allegiance. His natural strength wilted before a damsel, the high priest made, and certain others as they each successively asked, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? Swearing and taking oaths, he answered, no, I don't even know the man. Peter wept bitterly when he realized what he'd done. He hadn't wanted to deny Christ, but in his own human strength, he was powerless not to do so. Matthew 26, 69-75 Then Peter and the other disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 2 1 and 2 and verse 4. They instantly transformed into powerful witnesses and testified of Jesus with great boldness. 3,000 were saved and water baptized that first day alone. Acts 2.41 Shortly thereafter, Peter and John healed a lame man in front of the temple and caused such a ruckus preaching the gospel that the religious leaders threw them in jail. Acts 3, one through uh, chapter 4, verse 3. Thousands, were believed, thousands more believed their message, so the leaders interrogated Peter and John to find out what was going on. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Acts 4, 5-7 through Peter boldly confronted the same men who had crucified Jesus. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, 
doth this man stand here before you whole? This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4, 8 through 12. Peter publicly declared to the entire Jewish leadership that belief in the God of Abraham alone was insufficient for salvation. He clearly told them to believe on the name of Jesus Christ, whom they themselves had killed, or face eternal damnation. Peter left them no avenue of escape, either accept Jesus or reject him. The same men from whom the disciples once fled were now backing down in the face of the disciples' inspired boldness. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Acts 4, 13 and 14. The miracle worked by the disciples completely silenced the religious leaders' opposition. What a difference that baptism in the Holy Spirit makes. Yeah, this has always marveled me through the years. But, you know, these 12 men, actually 11, because uh, one of them is no longer with them. But <clears throat> they were unlearned men. They weren't educated like the scribes and whatnot. But they have been with Jesus for three and a half years. In those three and a half years, they heard his teachings, they saw his miracles. They've been with him. I mean, how many of us would have loved to even spend a day, even even just a moment with Jesus face to face? And yet, they did it for three and a half years. And yet, they you saw their lack, their, their lack of faith at times. You saw their uh, strife at times among each other. You saw their imperfections at times. And, and, and as Andrew said, they were kind of, they were wimps. I'm using quoting Andrew's word. But when they received the Holy Spirit, these were different men. These were men who were, were bold. These were men who, who operated in the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of, and the, name, of the name of Jesus. And what changed? What was, what, what, what changed uh, from, from, just a, a few days earlier to Pentecost where 3,000 men get saved on that first day. And, and then they go to the temple and they heal the, the, the man at the gate beautiful. And it caused, as, as Andrew says, a ruckus in the temple. And, uh, you know, it just, it, 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 they, they couldn't deny the power. They couldn't deny the power to heal this man. That was, uh, they couldn't deny it, you know. We need that power today to be manifested in the church. You know, a lot of people don't like the church and different things for different reasons. Some of the teaching would not. But it's time to see the power of the Holy Spirit heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons in the name of Jesus. It's time for us to be, who, and those of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's, and we'll get into some of this a little bit later, but it's time for us to start a ruckus. I'm not talking about talk, starting a riot or anything of that nature. But it's time for us to start raising the dead, healing the sick, and, and be the children of God, the spirit-filled believers that we are. And, uh, I mean, there's great. The, we have the same power to raise those of us who, <coughs> who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have the same power to raise Christ from the dead. We have the same power that these, this, these apostles worked with. And we, we have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same Jesus. We have the same gospel. We have the same name of Jesus. And there's no reason why we can't. Jesus even told us that we would do greater works than he did. Because he, he said that in context of him saying that the Holy Spirit is going to be coming. And so um, we, if we want to be effective, especially in these <clears throat> these last days and all the turmoil that's going on in our world and our society today it's time for the church to shine it's time for us to to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if we have and if we have it's time to use it we can use the same scripture Jesus used. the spirit of the Lord is upon us and he has anointed us to, to heal the broken hearted and set the captives free 
We have the same power that Jesus had. We have the same power that apostles had if we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is awesome. This is awesome. Yes, we need to be saved, but what, and, and I'm not watering that down. That's more important than anything else. But now that we are saved, let's get empowered. Let's get empowered so we can see other people come to the kingdom, so we can ever see other people empowered by the Holy Spirit. Anything you want to add? Uh, amen. <laughs> so, I mean, awesome. it's, just time, it's time for the church to be the church. The church is not an organization, per se. The church is not... Uh, as far as like a 501c3 business, even though there is that aspect in, in certain cultures. But the, the, we are the body of Christ. We are the people of God. It's time for the church is not restricted to a building. I believe that we should assemble? Absolutely. I mean, if, you, if, if, if uh, all your Christian life is you and God and it's not, there's no assembly, that's unhealthy. But I understand there's places like China and other places where it's illegal to assemble. And I get that. And there you have to be innovative. There you have to be creative. There was times in the early church it was illegal to assemble. Uh, they were being thrown to lions and all kinds of uh, uh, persecution was taking place. But they still did it. And, uh, and so, <coughs> anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to go into all that right now. But it's just uh, it's time for us to have operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can't operate in the power that we haven't received it. And once we're born again, we can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Andrew usually says when he gives his altar calls at all of his meetings, he says, do you have to uh, uh, receive the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? He goes, no, but you might get there sooner if you don't. <laughs> and, and so, uh, he, you know, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy especially in these last days. Especially with all the evil going on in this world. We need to uh we need the teacher, we need the comfort, we need the guide, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so uh it, it, it just uh it's time you know, there's a lot of talk right now about a great awakening. And it's time for the church to be awakened. And it's time for the church to come alive. And we are the church, we are the people of God. And I believe this is one of the aspects of that of that great awakening. Um, let's read the next section, clear instructions. Our Lord's last words to his followers before ascending were clear instructions regarding the Holy Spirit. If your work on earth was done and you were about to turn your entire kingdom over to a small group of people, your last words to them would be very important. Jesus commanded his disciples not to do anything until they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Acts 1, 4 and 5 and 8 and 9. Think about how difficult this must have been for the disciples. Jesus had preached God God's word and demonstrate his power on earth like no one ever had before. Due to this, the religious leaders had him killed and buried. To their natural minds, it appeared that Jesus had been just another man. Yet three days later, he arose from the dead exactly as he prophesied, validating everything he had said. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus spent 40 more days on the earth teaching his followers before they personally watched him ascend to his Father in heaven. These disciples had incredibly good news, news worth shouting from the rooftops. But Jesus commanded them to sit on it temporarily. Why? They needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's absolutely wonderful to be born again and forgiven of your sins, but you won't be an effective witness until you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 
When he comes, you'll be able to live in victory and testify in power. The Holy Spirit enables you to, to more fully experience your salvation and to effectively share with others the awesome things God has done for you. Many Christians sincerely love God, but they serve him in their own power because they haven't been baptized in his spirit. This results in deadness, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit, spirit giveth life. <coughs> 2 Corinthians 3, 6. When believers try to minister out of their own carnal knowledge and ability, even when they say and do the right thing, it just doesn't carry any spiritual weight. So much of the deadness in the church today stems from believers attempting to minister without Holy Spirit empowerment. Jesus Christ himself testifies and ministers his life through witnesses empowered by the Holy Spirit. Your spirit-energized words and deeds will carry weight to positively impact other people's lives for the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who will help you experience the promised life of victory and abundance. If <coughs> both Jesus and the early believers needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, in order to live powerful Christian lives, so do you and I today. Yeah, I love this. I love how you started out this section um, by saying, you know, God, you know, and especially in the book of Luke, there's two different passages of scripture where it says, Jesus, he tells his disciples, it's to my Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. And we have, the kingdom of God is not here or there, but the kingdom of God is within you. We have the keys of the kingdom. And if, if someone's going to give you the keys of the kingdom, and Jesus is about ready to go to the Father, and he's, getting, he get, he's given them these final instructions, receive the Holy Spirit. Don't get hasty and just start your own thing and do it your own way. The quote Sinatra, let's do it my own way. You know, but uh, let's, let's do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. I quoted half, only half the verse when I just a minute ago from Second Corinthians chapter three verse six. And I just want to read what he wrote here. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, uh, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. We are able ministers of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in that same chapter, Second Corinthians 3, Paul compares the, the ministry, he compares the Old Testament with the New Testament. The Old Testament he calls the ministry of death, the ministry of, of condemnation. And he compares that with the ministry of, with the New Testament called the ministry of righteousness and the ministry of the Spirit. And you'll read that in Second Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 and 9. And then he goes on to say in chapter 5 in that same, same book, he calls it the, uh, the Ministry of Re Reconciliation. Anyway, that's a whole other teaching. I'm not going to go into all that right now. But it's just, you know, we have the Holy Spirit to help us. We have the Kingdom of God. The Kingdom of God is here. The Kingdom of God is now. Back in Acts chapter 1, the disciples were asking Jesus just before he, got us, he was ascended, is it now that you're going to establish the kingdom of God? Jesus just rose from the dead. He was known as the king of the Jews. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, he had been there with them for 40 days. And he asked him, uh, they asked him, are you good now? Is your kingdom going to be established in the earth? And he, it seems like he doesn't answer the question because he, says, he says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit is the power. It, it, we already have the kingdom of God. He already told them that in the book of Luke. The kingdom of God is within us. We already have the kingdom of God. But we need the Holy Spirit to to empower that. I don't know uh, uh, if any of you have seen the movie The Hobbit. But I think it's during the second the second movie. And uh, where the, the dwarves find their kingdom in the mountain. And it's been deserted for years because of the dragon and whatnot. And then finally, they used they finally were able to light light the fire again and get the get the, the get the mill working uh, and whatnot. It, the thing was cold, 
And we need the Holy Spirit to light the fire. And I'm going to be talking about this on Sunday. You know, and I'll give you a little sneak preview, but it just... In, 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 the, in the book of that, in the book of Leviticus, excuse me, when they were getting ready to, to, to dedicate the, the tabernacle that God had told them to build, it says, I think it's, I think it's Leviticus chapter 9, where it says that a fire came from heaven and lit the sacrifice. God's the one that stirred the fire. Fast forward to Second Chronicles chapter 5, 6, and 7, Solomon built a temple. And they prepared the sacrifices like God told them to. And again, fire from heaven came and lit the fire. Here in Acts chapter 2, and all these sacrifices that they were to prepare have to do with the cross, have to do with what Jesus accomplished. Jesus just went to the cross, and now the Holy Spirit comes again from fire in Acts chapter 2. There's a verse in, Acts, in the book of Leviticus, but also Paul tells Timothy, you fan the flame. God will light the fire. That's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit starts. God will light the fire, but it's our job to fan the flame. He told the priesthood in the book of Leviticus, chapter 6, this is three chapters before chapter 9 occurred, that I'm going to light the, I'm going to paraphrase it, I'm going to light the fire, but it's your job as a priest to keep the fire going. God will light the fire, but it's our job to keep the fire going. It's our, God has given us his kingdom. He's given us his son. He's given us redemption. He's given us his Holy Spirit. Those who have received it. Now it's our job to take this spirit and use the spirit and have a relationship with the spirit. And it's time to, to be a church that's on fire with the flame of God, with the spirit of God, with the anointing of God to set people free. And, 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 uh, and uh, it, it's just awesome. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. The kingdom, it, uh, the kingdom of God, it's within us. And, and, and so it's time for us to demonstrate, not just speak, but uh, Paul even goes on to say in 1 Corinthians that I don't, I, I don't, I don't preach with words only, but, but demonstrate with the spirit and power. I'm going to be talking about that a lot more on Sunday. But... It's time for us to, to not only preach the word, but it's time for us to demonstrate the kingdom of God. The world is longing for the supernatural. Look at all the superhero movies. Look at the stuff like Harry Potter and some other occult vampirism and other things have been kind of resurrected in the last few years or so. The, the, the world in, 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 in its own fantasy world and his own even some evil parts like Harry Potter and whatnot are longing for <coughs> the supernatural. There's some there's something that they're longing for. And we have it. We have the supernatural. And uh and, and Andrew talked about that a little bit, you know, you know, the ministry that the the apostles worked with is supernatural. And this fire, this anointing. Is supernatural, but you know what? The supernatural was the norm. Uh, the supernatural created the natural. The supernatural is normal. Eternal life is a relationship with God, and G Andrew says it in other ways. He says if we're not living supernaturally, then we're living superficially. You can do ministry without the Holy Spirit, but it's going to be your own strength, and it's going to be ministry with a bunch of holes in it. <laughs> Because you're doing it in your own strength. It's time to do ministry, but it's time to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You got something? Uh, just, I wanted to read this again. I know Andrew already alluded to it in the first section that we read tonight. Uh, but we've been talking about if Jesus was baptized before, in the, in the, with the Holy Spirit, before his ministry started, how needful it is for us. But Jesus himself reads out of Isaiah. Um, but So I want to read it again and remind us in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, 
to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. This whole section, we can quote it back and forth, and we all think how beautiful it is. And Jesus himself is referring to himself when he's reading out of Isaiah. But look at all we can do with the Holy Spirit that Isaiah 61 says we can do. I mean, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And there's that boldness. There's that that healing. There's everything that the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus. We get to do. We, we get to proclaim liberty to the captives. We get to uh, comfort and console and give people beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. And this is just so that they all can be re rebuilt, built up what was desolate and, and in ruins and giving sight to the blind. We can't do that without the Holy Spirit, without this, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead in us. We cannot do this. Uh, I want to read just one more paragraph again uh, before we go move forward. But uh, it's the second to last paragraph. Many Christians sincerely love God, but they serve they serve in their own power because they haven't been baptized in the in the in His Spirit. This results in deadness. Uh, and uh, I want to move forward. He's of course from Second Corinthians three six. And when believers try to minister out of, out of their own carnal knowledge and ability, even when they say and do the right thing, it just doesn't carry any spiritual weight. So much of the deadness in the church today stems from believers attempting to minister without Holy Spirit empowerment. And I know some that might offend some people, and that's not the and to some degree that's not the point. We're not trying to offend just to offend, but sometimes you gotta shake the tree. Sometimes you gotta speak the truth. You know, it's an insanity to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. It just doesn't work. And if we want to start seeing a different result in the church, and we're supposed to be the head and not the tail. We're supposed to be above and not beneath. We're supposed we're blessed and not cursed. We're the children of God. We're people. We're supposed to be different. And uh, and so, uh, yes, the world is gonna hate us. Yes, the religious church is gonna despise us. Uh, they, they did in Jesus' day. Ishmael will always despise Isaac. Uh, Jesus, and Paul says that in Galatians 4.29 that, 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 that what happened to Ishmael and Isaac is going to still happening today. And, it, it's, it, it's, uh, uh, and I'm paraphrasing all that. But uh, that shouldn't surprise us. But, but it's time for the church to be the church. Uh, Ishmael didn't stop Isaac from getting a blessing. The, 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 the Pharisees didn't stop Jesus fulfilling his purpose and preaching the gospel. When the, the apostles were persecuted, they just asked for more boldness. Uh, they didn't riot. They just asked for more boldness. Um, you know, uh, Paul pleaded his way all the way to Caesar to preach the gospel unto him and to all the other rulers and leaders uh, in, 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 in that Roman society. <coughs> you know, I don't want a dead church. I want a live church. And you can do all the right things, as Andrew says, but in your own power. I don't want to do, I, you know, we have a church. We have a ministry. I am not interested in doing any of this in my own strength. Have there been times where I've done things in my own strength? Absolutely, and I've seen the difference. I know when I'm doing things in my own strength. I also know when I'm doing what God's called me to do in his strength, in his and you can do what God's called you to do and do it in your own strength. That, that, there's a difference there, too. But I want to do everything I do, whatever that might be, in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's my source for everything. He's my source for health. He's my source for finances. He's my source for wisdom. You know, he's my source. You know, there's a lot of things I don't like happening going on in our world today, in our government. But they're not my source. You know, God's my source, and uh, and and so 
And despite what goes on in our world, despite what may take place in these last days, God is my source. He's my power. And so I want to be empowered in these last days to preach the gospel, to minister. And I, and I can't do it effectively without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not to make Dave Everett Ministries or Lighthouse Discipleship Center looking better. It's not trying to make Andrew Womack Ministries looking better. It's here, we're here to preach Jesus. We're here to proclaim the gospel. We're here to edify and build up the body of Christ and set the captives free. Anything else you want to share before we move on? Okay, let's move on to chapter 9. Uh, talk about the being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we probably won't finish this chapter. We'll get started then. If you believe the Word of God, you cannot dispute the existence of a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Speaking of Jesus, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Matthew 3.11 Christ was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.16, Mark 1.10, and Luke 3.22 The early apostles, including Paul, were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.1-4 and 9.17-18 Whenever people were born again in the book of Acts, they also received the baptism in the Holy Spirit soon thereafter. Many Christians claim that the baptism in the Holy Spirit comes automatically at salvation. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. John 6:44. They recognize the Spirit's work in drawing people to God and assume they that they get all of the Holy Spirit they can the moment they're born again. Although it's true they have the Holy Spirit once they're saved, that doesn't mean they've been baptized in Him. Go ahead and read the next one. It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit, and an, quite another for the Holy Spirit to have you. There are major differences between <coughs> having the Holy Spirit present in your life and having the Holy Spirit in control of your life. Spiritually speaking, it's night and day. Jesus told his disciples, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you. John fourteen sixteen and 17. Prior to Jesus' resurrection, the Holy Spirit couldn't be received the way we are discussing. He was present with the disciples and worked through them as evidenced by the miracles they did, but he wasn't in them. This was because the fullness of the Holy Spirit couldn't be received until after Christ had ascended back to heaven in glory. When the Holy Spirit is in you, rivers of life flow out from your innermost being. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, whom they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. John seven thirty-seven to 39 Not just a trickle or a cupful, not even a well you have to pump, but rivers of living water will bubble out from within you like an artesian spring. Jesus promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit who had been with them would one day be in them. That day arrived shortly after his ascension. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2, 1-4. I just have a few things to say real quick before we go forward, because I don't want to really interrupt the thought. 
But, you know, I just want to uh, emphasize again, some people think they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit automatically when they're born again. And uh, they are distinct, and we're going to get into that in a little more depth uh, pretty soon here, if we get that far tonight. But there's a, I like what he says. It's, it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit, and quite another thing for the Holy Spirit to have you. The Holy Spirit's involved with you becoming born again. He's, a, he's the one drawing you. But there's a difference between the Holy Spirit being active in your life or... Are, are, uh, in your life than you to be baptized. The word baptismal means to be emerged. It's one thing to get wet. It's another thing to be emerged. It's one thing to experience somebody and experience the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not a it, it's a person. And the Holy Spirit is one thing to experience and have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's another thing to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to get that into that when we haven't fully developed that whole thought yet, so I don't want to go there quite yet. Um, but there's a difference between, uh, again, uh, for the Holy Spirit, uh, he goes on to say, um, yeah, for the difference between, let me read it again. It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit and quite another thing for the Holy Spirit to have you. And there's just, there's just a difference. There, 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 I'm, I'm trying to explain it, and it's one thing to explain it, another thing to experience it. Another thing he, he mentions here, too, that throughout the book of Acts, they heard the gospel. And they, after they were saved, almost immediately they received the Holy Spirit. They were distinct. And, it's, and the book of Acts is very clear that these two things are distinct. At the same point in time, there wasn't a lot of time wasted in between being saved and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were two different things, but they didn't wait a lot of time. They didn't wait a lot of time to be water baptized either. They did it almost immediately. And, and my, my, th my thought on that, why wait? What's, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm quoting Sam from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings when uh, Frodo's ready to drop the ring. What are you waiting for? You know, uh, I want I want everything God has for me now, uh, and so there, there's, there's there's no time to be wasted. I want the empowerment, and the Holy Spirit can be involved in your life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I want I want all God has. I want to be full. I want to be emerged in the Holy Spirit. Anything you want to add? This is probably a. a a silly example or an analogy, but you know when when you make bread, you put yeast in it, and you can either have a flat bread by not putting any yeast in it, or you can cultivate that yeast, get it ready to put in your bread to make it rise, but put it in a little bit of warm water, and this yeast activates and it starts to. To, to foam up and bubble and have life in it. And then when you put it in, in the dough, um, I'm making cinnamon rolls uh, for Christmas. So w when, I, when I have the, the, the mix in with the, the, flat, the yeast in with the flour and, and, and the, the dough, you, you cover it and let it sit for a bit. But when you take the, the covering off, this dough has almost risen to the top of the of the bowl, and it's just full of life. And it's like that with the Holy Spirit in you; it just bubbles that life out of you. You know, Andrew talks about that artesian spring. And growing up, uh, I had a biology teacher who would take us on outings, and uh, you know, we learned biology, the different plants and whatnot. But he took us out to this one campground and we went down to the stream and all of a sudden we were at this spot and there is this water, this fresh, clear, sparkling water just coming out of this spot in the stream and we, we all took a drink out of it and it was just, wow, water. I mean, you just felt like that water was just bursting with life and it was just coming out of you. And that's what it is like to have the Holy Spirit in you, guiding and guarding in, in your heart and leading you. Now, I like those two analogies because that's what I think what Andrew's trying to portray here, which the scripture portrays, that it, it's not, and it's not just going to be a stream, it's it's a river. Yeah, rivers of living water will flow out of you. And, uh, you know, the thing I like about it is that it doesn't turn off. 
You know, it's an ever-flowing river. And whenever you need wisdom, whenever you need guidance, whenever you need the Holy Spirit, and you don't have to look far, the kingdom of God is within you. The Holy Spirit is within you. And it's like this artesian well, the, the spring waters, I like that analogy, and also the yeast. Once you put the, the warm water on the yeast, it just comes alive, you know. Um, and so, I mean, ever, ever, we used to make volcanoes uh, in, the, in the sandbox at the school I used to work at. And you put the baking soda on there with some uh, red food coloring in there. And then we would pour the vinegar on it, and it would the, 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 it would just come alive, you know. And so, uh, and it's just like the Holy Spirit is that fizz, just that, 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 you know, it's just coming alive. And where does it come? It comes from within. And so, and that, that's the, the empowering thing we're talking about. And it's not, and it's not just a feeling. I'm not saying you won't feel something. I'm not saying you won't feel something warm. I'm not saying you won't feel something. But don't base it on the feeling, base it on what the Word of God says. Because you may not always have the feeling. But just because you don't have the feeling, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not there. Don't base it on what on something a natural reaction to it, even though you may have the natural reaction. Then the natural reaction is awesome. But you might not experience a natural reaction. But by faith, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you will receive it. Receive it by faith. Because there are going to be times, there's going to be days where you might not feel His presence. But He's there. God is always there. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He never, and so you might have times where you don't feel His presence. You might not always, but there's going to be times where you feel <coughs> His presence. And it's very tangible. Those are awesome. And I'm not trying to, so you might all have your own story to tell where you felt God's presence in a very awesome way. Praise God for that. But there might be other times where you don't feel God's presence. doesn't mean he, he didn't leave. God never leaves. You know, there used to be songs we used to sing in church, we welcome the Holy Spirit. Well, He never left. <laughs> the Holy Spirit never left. You might not be in, uh, experiencing with him, you might not be interacting with him, you might not be relying on him, you might not be talking to him, but he never left. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will never leave you. And so we don't have to invite him as he never left. He, in one sense, the only one who left was you, <laughs> or us. We're the ones that left, in a sense. He, he should be singing the song, Welcome, human, or welcome, whoever, <laughs> you know. Uh, we're the, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm being facetious, but, uh, at the same point in time, you know, uh, I like the analogy Sherry brought out, you know, it's, it's like that <coughs> warm water and that yeast where the yeast just comes alive. Or these artesian wells where the water is just springing up continuously. That's it's the, always fresh. That was the amazing thing about that spring that my biology teacher showed me in high school, or all of us on that field trip, because it's it's not just like old dead water recirculating it is continuously fresh yes and the Holy Spirit is always fresh let's read a little bit more I, know, I think we're just about out of time right um, okay let's just read a little bit more the power source those who don't believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a, a second separate experience from salvation erroneously teach that God's miraculous power ceased with the passing of the first apostles they don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues or casting out demons, nor living in victory over sickness, disease, and poverty. They believe that if you see any of these miracles occurring today, that God himself did in the Bible. It's the work of the devil. Something's wrong with this theology. just can't believe how people would think that. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the power source. Reject him and you won't see miracles, healings, demons cast out, or speaking in tongues. Accept him by receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you open yourself to God you open yourself to God's supernatural power working in all of these wonderful ways. But you must receive the source in order to have his power. Alright, so we're just about out of time, so we're gonna have to wrap it off here but uh, you know the, the the holy spirit is the power source and uh i'm hoping stay tuned with us as we get into this in the next couple of weeks and we'll get into it a little more depth and some of you may have questions and 
maybe we haven't answered them yet or whatnot, and we're uh, hanging hang, hang in there with us. But the Holy Spirit is the power source. The, the gifts are for the day. The Holy Spirit is for the day. God does heal. He, he, he does heal the day. He does all these things today. Um, they didn't pass with the apostles because the Holy Spirit didn't pass away. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is alive. And he's within us. He has baptized his church with his spirit. And he is with us. And he's the power source. Don't reject Jesus and don't reject the power source. There's so much that the church, I believe, at large is missing. Uh, because they don't know this power. The power of the Holy Spirit. To me, it's kind of like the church. Uh, uh, forget Paul said, Paul was ministering to them. When he he had asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit, and they said, "We don't even we never even heard that there was a Holy Spirit." And there's this has been taught a lot, and so but it, it needs to be taught. I want to hear the whole counsel of God. I want to hear all receive all that God has for me, and it, it has empowered my life. It's empowered my marriage. It's empowered my finances. It's empowered my health. It's empowered my ministry. I can imagine living this Christian life in these days that we live in and, and, uh, and everything else without the Holy Spirit. It's changed my life. And it's it's a power source. You know, uh, it's just a, you know, I, I used the analogy the other day. It's like driving a car without the key or without the, or without the gas in it. You know, it's it's like, you know, Sherry's making some homemade cinnamon rolls for the next uh, couple of days for the for Christmas whatnot. I mean, they're, they're just good. They're just, I mean, they're, they're awesome. Everyone that has these, that's why we don't have a bakery. She just makes uh, some awesome cinnamon rolls. They put Cinnabon to shame. I mean, Cinnabon's good, but uh, uh, these are good. And so, but it just, I mean, it's like having these cinnamon rolls without yeast. It would be like, it's kind of like the old Wendy's commercial. Where was the beef? <laughs> you know, it just, these are just good, fluffy. I mean, they just, they're just tasty, everything she makes. But she makes a lot of bread stuff with yeast, and uh, this is one of her, her, her most favorite ones. And it just, uh, um, you know, I mean, there's a, there's, a pr there's a place to have a cracker. There's a place to have a tortilla, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, but to have something with yeast in it. I know some people are anti-yeast today and whatnot, but uh, I, I, more for me. It just, uh, yeah, it just you know. I mean, God. Jesus compares the, the kingdom of God like yeast in one of his uh, parables. And it's like the yeast. And, you know, and uh, I want all that God has for me. Because there's, there's work to do. Jesus said that we need to be occupied till he comes. He's coming, and he's coming very soon. But there's a, there's a job to do. There's a reason why we didn't just die when we became born again and got straight to heaven. There's work to do. There's people to be saved. There's lives to be touched. There's there's a kingdom to 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 preach and to declare. When Jesus sent out the twelve, he sent out the seventy. He said, "Go preach the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand." Well, it's here. It's within us. We have the keys of the kingdom, and we have the power source of the kingdom. And it's time to it's time to to do some things. It's time to to I mean. Philip and, and Samaria in Acts chapter 8, it was such a power source that Simon the sorcerer wanted to purchase this power. And, you know, it's Simon the sorcerer didn't understand it, and Peter eventually rebuked him. But the power should be so obvious that people were asking, where did you get this power? These, these religious leaders asked Peter and John, and I am wrapping up, where, by what power, did you heal this man? And if people are not asking you what's, what's different about you, then this, we need to be tapping into something that we're not tapping into. Either we're doing ministry in our own strength, or, or we're, uh, what I, and I'm not trying to put anyone down. I'm just trying to, trying, but I'm trying to magnify that, that the source is the Holy Spirit. Jesus couldn't even function without the Holy Spirit. The apostles did not function without the Holy Spirit. Who do we think we are that we can do any better without the Holy Spirit? And if we're not doing what Jesus did, if we're not doing what the apostles did, then we're not plugged in the way we should be. 
And uh, uh, anyway, Lord, we just worship you. We magnify you. I pray over the next few weeks as we talk about the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would answer every question anyone has. And I pray that you would give us all, even those of us who have the Holy Spirit, you would give us a fresh revelation. That we would walk in the Holy power of the Holy Spirit like we have never had before. Lord, we thank you for how our, what has brought us to this point. But I thank you that from this day forward, as we continue to teach on this and, and to learn, that we as a church will not be the same. We'll be different. And we will make a difference in this generation, in this hour, where you have placed us at this time. Blessed, we thank you that as we celebrate Christmas over the next few days, we thank you that Jesus, you came. This, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you that this child was given to us. This son was born unto us. And we receive Jesus. We thank you. We celebrate your birth. We celebrate your life. We celebrate the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing us Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. We'll see you after Christmas on Sunday as we begin to talk about knowing the Holy Spirit.